For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And uh, it's a new month. It's April. Yay. <laughs> and uh, we want to give a shout out first to start off to Joe Bowen, our favorite play-by-play announcer. His happy birthday uh, to Joe. He's 70 years old. I can't believe that. But anyways, wow. what, I d- yeah, what I did was I watched the, um, I guess, uh, Austin Matthews rookie like when he first came in his first game mm-hmm. and he got the four goals i will i will rewatch that today so mm-hmm. um looking yeah, so good t- joe yeah. sounding good <laughs> yeah so happy birthday joe so we're just gonna get uh started with uh some impressive individual record stats that happened since our last podcast so first off uh we want to recognize uh jason spezza who got into some elite company by getting into the nhl's top 100 scorers of all time with his 960th point versus the jets last friday spezza is yeah spezza is now just five points behind nick backstrom with six point and six points behind maurice the rocket richard so way to go vintage yeah yeah, that's definitely in the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, continuing with the, uh, um, I guess, the re- individual record stats, Mitch Marner got his 335th point versus the Oilers uh, on March that's 29th. Yeah, and yeah, he passed Builder Lego. That it made me so old when I heard, not made me so old, but it made me think I was so old. Um, when, when I heard the name Builder Lego, he was one of my favorite centermen with Rick Vive, John Anderson as the line. Um, but, anyways, Mitch, um, with his 335th point, passed Builder Lego to join the top uh, 30 in points in franchise history. Wow. So, yeah, so that was huge. And then another major milestone that's coming up soon will be for our captain, John Tavares, and he is three points away from his 800th point. So wow, that should be happening within the next week or so anyways, or a couple of weeks, you would yeah. think. Well, hopefully it'll be faster than that. And that means that he'll be getting things clicking if that, that does happen that way. Yeah, um, for sure. We also want to give a shout out to the Leafs PA announcer, Mike Ross, who listened to our podcast and gave us a thumbs up. We want to thank him for taking the time to listen and giving us his positive feedback. That means so much to us. And we really, really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, another highlight for us was uh, that our podcast was featured in a newsletter from one of our one of the companies that we used to record this podcast. It's big for us to get more visibility and we posted this on our facebook and twitter page so you can uh, you can check it out there our handle is at ltl 1917 Mm -hmm. 
So we're recording this on on Monday, a week away from the trade deadline, which is April 12th. Uh, Kyle Dubas hasn't really made any moves yet, which I'm so surprised about. Um, Players have come back from injury, which has meant uh, that we had to make some roster moves in the form of waivers, and we lost a couple of players. So there's a lot of stuff to get into in this episode. So we're going to start off with the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we're going to Light up the Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel. And we're changing things up a little bit with a segment that we're calling the third period. And we're still going to talk a bit about upcoming games, but we're also going to have use this opportunity to as an open segment to just discuss the Leafs uh, and any other topics that are related to hockey or anything else that we feel like we want to talk about. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. All right, so the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I'm thinking, I, I think I picked this guy already once for my good, uh, but it's Zach Hyman. I mean, how many times? I'm, I'm actually feeling nervous. I think the guy is pricing himself out of our ca- salary cap range <laughs> with everything that he's done, but um, and is doing. But that's what it is. He does everything. He's he's. I think he's best suited with Marner and Matthews, obviously. Like, he's been up and down the lineup, though. He just, he plays everywhere, and every line that he plays on is seems to be fantastic. He plays on the PK. His worth ethic is unbelievable. And uh, the thing is, I guess, there's a goal that he scored that, like, he just wrapped around the net, and he goes down low He in the offensive zone, and he always comes up with the puck. And I'm like... This guy, it's he's just unbelievable. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I agree and, with you that every time I hear somebody pump him up, I just feel this little this little pain in the pit of my stomach because I just I don't know. I just I don't want to see him go somewhere else. And I the only thing I can hope for is that because he has so many personal interests in the city and lots of promotions that he's involved with commercials and things like that, that he, that they can just come to a a reasonable uh, amount that works for him and works for us. Like, I don't know. It's hopefully it's, it's out of our hands, but for now, I guess we just have to enjoy him as much as possible. Yeah. One nightmare, though, scenario that I heard today or yesterday was mm-hmm. him being on the wing with Connor McDavid. No, oh no, God. don't oh. say that. That no. would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, that would be horrible. Yeah, uh, but, but I, uh, yeah, oh, no. There. Yeah, no, I just I wish that they could just just lock him up before anything happens. But I guess even before the trade deadline, it's kind of hard to know where we sort of sit. So anyway, I yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's not going to happen. We just, that we way, just but... have to just enjoy what we're seeing. Yeah. yeah. So, so, what's your good? So my good actually is a team good. It's basically how our team um, 
performed against Winnipeg. So before when we had that that three game uh, segment with them, we were looking at that those games as a gauge to see how they stack up against Winnipeg because we feel, especially, I, well, I don't know if you 100% feel this way, but I feel that they're probably going to be the team that we are sort of jockeying with for a position um, towards the end to see, you know, where we stack up. And um, I... Kind of for first place, you mean? Yeah, like for, for first place, place in our in our division. Yeah. yeah, and I think they're they might be the our toughest competition also uh, for the playoffs as well, uh, because their goaltending is so so solid. Like Edmonton is really is good also, and they have some really good players, but their Edmont their um goal goaltending is sort of suspect. Uh, but we didn't get the the we it was it didn't turn out the way we had hoped against them in those first three games and um they played really hard we they they drove the play they dominated by all accounts most of the time but we just couldn't get it done now they've looked so different to me against them in these last two games um you know very similar we really dominated again but this time we found ways to get the puck past Hellebuck number 1 but for me they looked a little bit more organized and somehow they were less sloppy like they just seemed a little bit more machine like in these their two structures. wins what, what yeah. i wrote down for this was their structure they they kept their structure well in these last two yeah. games they stuck to it and um yeah they they needed that and i also think somehow they're managing to like neutralize and i don't want to jinx it here but somehow they're neutralizing mark shifley yeah norm, that guy's a pretty good hockey player and mm-hmm. um and i i don't want to say too much about it, but um, well, it's interesting. It's they. It's sort of similar how they managed to kind of neutralize McDavid. Also, you know mm-hmm. when yeah. So they seem to have really good game plans against their these these top guys on these other teams. But for me, I was just this was the gauge that I was looking for, and I came out of those two games feeling like much better about our chances against them if we we're if we were to meet up with them and also, you know, how things might finish up for us. And I also agree with you with regards to the Hellebuck thing. Like that's mm-hmm. my main concern. But I don't know, I actually am more worried about the Habs than if you were to, if we were to meet in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm more worried well, about them, but we'll get into that gonna, another time. We'll, but we'll see because <laughs> it's been so long since we played them, right? So yeah, and yeah. yeah, it is a little scary with them that I haven't really heard much talk about them. So well, no, because they were that's out always because a little the, worrisome, and that's they because were, of the COVID situation yeah, too, right? Yeah, and yeah, that's why their situation is going to be different too because they have a crazy schedule coming mm-hmm. up. The Habs do. Um, I don't, it's like they're playing every other night for the rest of the season, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just insane. So who knows how that's going to go for them either. So, but, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So let's move right. on to the bad. So the bad. So my bad was loose, losing VC and Travis Boyd, Jimmy VC and Travis Boyd to uh, waivers. Um, I did have a good laugh, though. Somebody said Jim Benning is relying on the Leafs because he doesn't know how to pick players mm-hmm. in the draft or trade himself. Because it was just crazy how Vancouver took both of them. I, I, I don't know. It was very odd anyways. and But I just think losing both of these guys, like it really put a hit on our depth there and um and it was also funny that uh the next day after we pointed out 
You pointed out that he was yep. good. Yeah. He ends up getting claimed, right? So he must have been good, right? If we, <laughs> I know. If we pointed but that it's out. It's like, what, what the, the, some kind of take I had, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said anything and gave somebody some ideas. I don't know. But yeah. uh, I thought that that was kind of hilarious, too. That is like, really? Seriously? So, yeah. yeah. Well, so I, I was laughing at that as well. But, um, but, but you yeah, know what? No. Part of me thinks that, though, that this... The this is the reason why Dubis and Co. picks up guys like this for this exact reason, so that they these guys are recl- reclamation projects. Most of them, they come here because they know that they're going to get development time and time to play and time to showcase themselves, and then they're going to have renewed life in the league. And that's happening for them. They, yeah, it's it sucks that it's happening in season. For us, as opposed to somebody else picking them up at the end of the year or whatever, or them being able, being available for the trade deadline, for example, as a, as a throw in type of thing, or, or somebody even wants somebody like that to, you know, bump up their roster, like, like these two teams obviously did. So that's unfortunate. But the fact that we, we have players like this that are quality that, can be exposed in this way that it's not going to hurt as much if you lose them. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think that's part of the rhyme of the reason, you know, for the fact that he, they, that they signed guys like this fringe players. Yeah, And, and the, for the reclamation project, I mean, our final, well, I think our final candidate probably is, uh, would be Galchenyuk, right. Mm-hmm. Who's playing to me. He's right. He's been really like they've handled Leafs have handled his situation perfectly. I think the way hundred percent he's been playing now and finally mm-hmm. got his first goal against the Flames. Uh, yeah, I was so Sunday happy night. for that. But you know what? Now yeah. everyone's really, really into him and likes him. So we don't really want to see him go. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to yeah. be having any hot takes about uh, Galchenyuk no. <laughs> for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so what's your bad? Okay, so my bad is the power play. I'm pretty sure that most people would agree that it's pretty much in the toilet at the moment. Uh, we are zero for our last 28. Um, from our high of around 42%, we have now dropped to 23.9%, which still is not horrible in the league. We're in eighth overall for that. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, like they just we started. We started off good, sort of thing. Yeah. So that's why we're still. Which in seems to be what we kind of do. Like, I, yes, yeah. every year it's kind of like mm-hmm. this, and I I wonder if they put the structure together so so well. They're super super well prepared, you know, in training camp. We come out all gangbusters, and it takes a while for the league to kind of catch up to what we do. And then once they do, then then we're stymied. Then we don't seem to be able to make the adjustments and. I kind of wonder if now is the point where maybe we should loosen that structure a little bit and take the reins off of, you know, like Marner and Matthews, especially Marner, to allow him, you know, him or somebody like Willie to move around a little bit more and 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 do some creating because I think it's a little bit maybe too predictable now and that's why it's not really kind of working. So for sure. I mean, they they have to find another. It's driving me crazy. We're going to see it again, I know. But mm-hmm. this drop back pass going yeah. like when they're this going. This seems to be their default it's when stuff's not constant. working. Constant. Yeah. Yes. It's all the time. Like find another way. Like there has to be a different way to to get. Because basically like 
most of the analysts are saying, like the other team is just loading up at the totally. like, in the neutral zone. Yeah, and then because they, they know that block everything, and they you're giving yeah. them time when you yeah, when so you, then when they do that. Yeah, exactly. Because you drop the puck back, and then that other player back there has to go three go through all four guys. Like, how is that? Like, I don't well, know. Well, and the other thing is they see the the play developing. Yeah. You know, they see where everybody else is going or where they're supposed to go. So I don't know why they kind of drop into that all the time. The other issue is that we just don't we don't get enough power plays. So, we're like pretty low down uh, (laughs) in the league. Well, you know, we're in like the bottom half for for power plays taken. So we only have 109. Whereas if you compare that with with a team like Colorado, who's in in the top spot for for power plays, there they have 137. So that's a huge difference. Yeah, and we and we mentioned this actually mm-hmm. before we came on yeah. air. Probably Naz has a lot to do with that. That's but, right. Um, but uh, yeah, and I mean, I heard today on the radio too for Matthews when they're comparing players let's say mm-hmm. Matthews and McDavid McDavid has drawn like 23 penalties whereas Matthews has only drawn 11 so that's like double yeah. the amount of penalties that he's drawn right do you think so, that that has to do with you know one getting more into the dirty areas a little bit more than than the other possibly or is he, I, ju- I or just does think he just shake off stuff because the other thing is Matthews is like a bigger guy like he's yeah yeah I think solid. it's Mc- I think it's McDavid's speed too, right? Because right. He's trying to he's trying to blow by people. And, True, and, and then he right? picks up a trip pretty easily. Yeah. And the thing is, is stuff like that happens so fast, right? Like yeah, because tripping, he's holding. doing everything so fast. Yeah. So yeah, it's obviously style of play too. So yeah. So the yeah. other thing I I actually tweeted out, I said maybe we need to go old school and go back to the two defensemen and three forwards. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, well, because nobody does that anymore. Well, that might no. throw people off. That's what I thought. Yeah, because the thing is, is Riley because he's more of an offensive type defenseman. Anyways, he's more of a forward back there. Anyways, so yeah, why not have Brody back there to be the true kind of quarterback? And and Riley's or more even, of a rover. And then you yeah. then yeah, I'm hundred percent behind know. that. Like to, <laughs> truth be told, they need to mix it up a little bit because yeah, they, like I said, it's likely too predictable and people have kind of caught up to them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, for the ugly, we have no ugly this this time. So mm-hmm. that's good because we got rid of all the ugly by ending the winless streak at seven games. So mm-hmm. All that ugliness is gone, so we got no ugly in this episode. So let's get to the positivity and roll the Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel. Yes, Chris, let's start with number three. We can't talk enough about this guy, uh, Zach Hyman. He just does everything. He may not get uh, all the points every night, but his work ethic alone makes him deserving of being on our highlight reel. Uh, He did have a nice goal back on March 20th versus the Flames, where he skated down the right side and went around the net and scored a beauty wraparound. Um, But yeah, he's definitely the driver of a lot of our plays on whatever line he gets put on. Yeah, that's one thing I think, like, even they're saying to put him on the power play, but I mean, you can't have him everywhere. And all mm-hmm. of, if we, if we did, I don't, I don't know how much time on ice he has already, but he'd be, he'd be taking up everybody's ice time. But, um, the guy is also a good author of children's books. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so he does everything. He even writes books for kids, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's good. So 
Going on to number two on the highlight reel, we have Mitch Marner. Magic Mitch, I act, or Marner the Magician. He just keeps doing his thing. Um, it was funny. I saw today on Sportsnet had a, had a poll, and they said for last week, who is the um, like the top player from last week? And they had the four players. Mm-hmm. They had Matthews, McDavid, Shifley, and Marner. And guess who was last on that in the poll? And it was running for 24 hours already. Well, obviously, it was Marner, probably, right? It was Marner. Yeah. I was, I just couldn't believe it. I don't know. I just thought the guy doesn't get enough credit. Um, and obviously, nobody's complaining about his contract this year. No, that's um, for sure. Yeah. And he's leading the team in points. Um, and I guess the one highlight that stood out was versus the Jets last Wednesday, where he recorded his 13th multi-point game. And on the play, he fell down, got back up, avoided the Jets player. And while he was falling down, he somehow got the puck over to Austin Matthews. And then he gets it back for the tap in. It was just like, <laughs> it was awesome the way the way he scored the goal. It was just, he's a magician. But anyway. Yeah, and I guess how. people just are, we just take him for granted. Like the magic that he he does out there. We're just so used to it now that it doesn't even phase us. But yeah. I don't know if and he it, has to amp up the flash again. I, You know, the one game in this past little segment that I thought he really had a lot of mojo was um, that next generation game. And for whatever reason, that next gen game, even yeah, without people there, yeah. <laughs> he gets up for that game. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be one of his favorite ones. And luckily we for us, we have another one of those coming up shortly. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he really was fired up. And I guess maybe that's what it would take for him to get noticed more is, is for his personality to be showing every night kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But his, uh, I mean, the, the amount of grief he took for that contract. Totally. Uh, like. Oh my God. He deserves a lot of love. And yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, number one on our highlight reel this time around is Jack Campbell. He got back to back shutouts and his record in on, and his record as of when we're recording this episode is 8 0 0 this season. So, he's definitely done the job when he's been in the net. Now, the question with him always seems to be, you know, whether or not his body can can take the wear and tear right now. Um, but he's definitely, you know, um worth it when when he's in there because he's not only just getting the job done he's also very exciting to watch like that one diving save he had in one of the other games uh, recently was was fantastic so he's he's fun to watch he's getting the job done everybody seems to love him and you know he's obviously dealing with injury too so it's it's that's the question yeah no okay so I'm not going to say too much about it. I'm happy that he's doing well, um, obviously, because we want the team to win. That's the whole thing. And he's been giving us more than that opportunity to win every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about the goalie situation a lot. But um, but yeah, I'm still worried about the injury for both him and Freddie. And one thing that got me worried last night, right before I went to bed, I'll just read this quote from Sheldon Keefe about whether or not Campbell's going to start for the second game versus the Flames. Mm-hmm. He's like, we'll have to see on that. We'll see how he gets through the morning skate tomorrow and make the de- decision there. But we're hopeful that, that that that's going to be the case, that he's going to start. Mm-hmm. Now, we do like, know we, he is starting. 
They have announced that. Oh, they did now? Oh, okay. All right. So that's good. But unless something else changes right before a game, I did hear that he was scheduled to start tonight. So Okay. All right. So that's that's good because but we cannot have this type of quote going into the playoffs. Like obviously we're hoping that Freddie will get back to be a hundred percent, being he's been off since God knows how long. But we need somebody (laughs) more like to be confident going into the playoffs that we're going to have a goalie that um, that can play almost every night anyways, yeah. right? I mean, obviously, um, yeah. But his his record to date, 8-0-0, it's on the line, I guess, tonight versus the Flames. And hopefully uh, it'll continue because yeah. everybody loves him. <laughs> well, I I also wonder why, like, they wouldn't be giving our new goalie VE yeah. <laughs> a shot because yeah. what happens if you actually have to play the guy? Like, don't we want to see how he is? Like, I'm, I'm hoping that against like, I mean, even I would have said maybe playing him tonight versus Calgary would have been the way to go because we seem to have trouble against Ottawa. Cause I guess, you know, statistically it makes, seems yeah. to make sense to put him in against Ottawa, but we, we don't often, we don't do great against them, but why aren't they giving him a shot? Like I want to see what that guy can do. Yeah. I mean, he's only played uh, one of our Facebook um followers he mentioned that he's played he played one game uh i guess previously with columbus yeah i know and that and that's it um Mm -hmm. so and i don't think he won that game either no no well (laughs) i don't know i i i think that yeah i think that it would be good opportunity for him to get in there at least just to see what he has rather than rather than maybe like because if campbell needs that extra time then i i would rather go into the playoffs with both with both of our top guys ready to go and feeling really good, like a hundred percent. It's because- going to be it's going to be funny if if Freddie comes back and plays lights out. Mm-hmm. Like that would just I don't know. There's a few people on Twitter that I'd be contacting, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, on Anyhow. that note, let's trans <laughs> let's uh, transition to our our new segment, the third period. So, uh, what are we going to talk about, Chris? So, all right, yes, for sure. I think our listeners are going to like this, uh, and we'd love for them to give us our feed their feedback um, on it. It's uh, it's going to be a bit different, but you can DM us on social media or email us at ladies talking leafs. At sorry, ladies talking leaves at gmail.com. I got that straight. <laughs> so, I want to talk a bit about how fans are being allowed in many of these US buildings. Um, and it seems we're nowhere near close to having anybody in our buildings. Um, so, and again, I'm not saying right now because right now the cases for COVID are like sky or they're going sky high, but I'm saying more in the playoffs. Like, but you need to have a plan or at least have someone talking about this to allow fans in the building here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, as of Saturday, only two U.S. teams, Chicago and Washington, uh, didn't have plans to uh, don't have plans to welcome back fans in the arena this season. And I just think like we need to at least have some sort of talk between the government and and the teams to say that there's a plan to welcome back fans. And yeah, I just think the vaccination process is moving along here. 
And again, not now, but for the playoffs, why can't they work out something for Canadian teams similar to what they have in the U.S.? Um, well, I don't know. What I would say to that is I I think that part of it is that uh, in the States, it's each state is in control of their own situation there. So every, which explains why there's only two that aren't allowing it. So obviously Illinois and Washington DC proper have different criteria. And so they're not allowing it. The other part of the issue is that uh, our vaccinations, we're reliant on other parts of the world to uh, purchase vaccines from them. So whereas in the States, they're manufacturing a lot of these vaccines themselves this in the U.S. proper. So therefore, they their their vaccination process is way farther along than than ours is right now. And um, the other part is, is ben, I, I, I don't know if we can assume also that they're not talking to the governments about this. It's just that it's not necessarily being put out there in the public. So well, there was to say there's no plan. We don't know that for yeah. sure. There, there was an article that it was only Toronto. I think it was only Toronto that um, said that they had not had any discussions mm-hmm. like out of all the Canadian teams. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was only us that did not have any discussions with their with the local government about fans welcoming back fans but um but I just think too like the Rangers for example they're the one of the more recent teams that have are allowing fans now mm-hmm. and they basically they have you either have to show proof of your um vaccination you have to show proof of a negative PCR covid test within the 72 hours mm-hmm. or you do the test there within 6 hours at the building and you pay mm-hmm. for it Right. So like why can't like I can't see why something like that could because be our medical know. systems are different. Like their system is a private system, so they can mm-hmm. do anything they want for for profit. It's not like that here. We have an equitable healthcare system here, and that means that nobody can jump the queue to get you know tests done or vaccinations done so that they can go see a playoff game. That's that's the difference. Yeah, but if you have your vaccination, yeah, let's just say, and you have proof of that, like, I don't know, I just think that, like, maybe that'll be a way if people want to go somewhere, that'll be a way to get people to get vaccinated, because no, not enough people are getting vaccinated now, they keep uh, well, lowering the age here, right? That's, so, that's partly true, but... Yeah. It's, it's, it's not as simple as that, I don't... Yeah, yeah, but um, anyways... I also think, or I also read, there's an article in our uh, show notes if the listeners want to have a have a look at it on our website, but Scotiabank Arena is the first Canadian sports and entertainment venue to earn the well health and safety rating. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. The well rating is a standard that helps organizations assess health and safety protocols and improve everything from designs of buildings to company-wide practices. So that's... Um, I think that's a good thing like for uh, for us, especially we're in Toronto, right? So hopefully the other buildings in Canada also, like the Bell Centre, Montreal, yeah, the Rogers Arena. I remember they all when, get this. when COVID first started, like they got everything in there as far as hand sanitizer stations and stuff like that. It was like from one game to the next, it was all in there. So they take that stuff seriously. So yeah, I, I I have no doubt that once we are able to go back 
into a venue like that, then it's going to be very safe. Uh, I think personally, the Jays have a better shot of this because it's open air. So, um, you know, that's, that's part of the issue is that, is that it's an enclosed space, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 I don't think personally, it's it's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen this season, Mm -hmm. like the playoffs either. Um, I mean, depending if the border opens, maybe you and I will be crossing the border to go watch the Leafs in Buffalo. (laughs) I don't know if I can get that much time off for vacation because I'll have to be hanging out in the hotel. As long as we get get vaccinated and we're all good and we'll cross the border and we'll go. We don't even have to stay there overnight if they're playing in Buffalo. So we can just drive over there, watch our Leafs win. And then quarantine. And then come back. No, I'm saying the quarantine is done. Let's oh, just say they decide. Done. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. the government in Niagara Falls, like both sides, they're they're all up in arms there too, which they should be. Oh, um, well, yeah. Because like the bordering's closing, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. So uh, it's 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 difficult. It, we do have stricter guidelines here in Canada, no doubt. Um, but we've also seen, you know, what the states can will tolerate with when it comes to infections. So they they seem to have a higher tolerance for people getting sick than we do here. So I don't know. All right. And what's your third period discussion? What do you want to talk so, about for the third period? So it kind of leads into mine because <laughs> it's uh, mine is the Vancouver Canucks COVID situation and how it might impact um, our... Uh, our division going forward. So like for up until now, we've been pretty happy with the fact that there have been no real outbreaks in the North division, but now that's changed with what's happened with Montreal, as you mentioned. And now there's uh 20 upwards of 20 people in, in the Canucks organization with players and coaches that are sick with the, with the variant, one of the variants. So it's, we can see how quickly it's, spread through their organization. And um, now there seems to me that there's a few players that are actually quite sick also. So it could be longer than, you know, the downtime that we have seen previously. So it's going to be, it's going to be minimum two weeks, I think. And then, oh, for sure. Yeah. I I mean, it's obviously sad for the players and, and Mm -hmm. hope. uh, Yeah. I heard too, that there's a lot of um, like, it's really, taken some of the guys out on uh, the coaching staff and uh, we mm-hmm. just want them to get to, back to good health and for them and their families. Cause even like that Travis Hamannick, uh like his daughter uh, apparently has a respiratory illness. Like that's why mm-hmm. he didn't play last year. He chose not to play in the bubble. And, um, and now he's one of the players that has COVID right. and, and his daughter, who's like a little kid. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know how old she is, but she's young and, and, he has it and obviously he's been around her so um yeah you just hope that they're all they're all okay and that they get back to good health but for the schedule i don't understand why the league wants to jam in all the games like that they miss like they're gonna yeah they're gonna miss they're gonna end up having to reschedule if it's two weeks they're gonna end up having to reschedule eight games right that's a and, lot of games we've got two uh, two against them coming up too so like that would and- be on the 17th that will be the that would technically be their first game if yeah. it's two weeks. It'll it'll be versus uh, versus right. the Leafs. So I don't know what they're doing. And then and they're I guess, saying, 
they're going to probably have to use AHL players and taxi squad players to, to be able to fulfill their lineup if people are still off because they are just unwell or can't, you know, yeah, get off and, the list. And then I don't, I don't really know how it works with the NBA, but uh, there has been some rumors that the league, because there's that week of May the 12th, I think it is. Um, that's like the buffer week that they had going right. before. Actually, May the 12th was the start date of the playoffs. So that week before that was the buffer week that the league built in in case to do with getting in extra games if there was mm-hmm. any COVID outbreaks and that. Um, but the league is thinking of actually letting the U.S. team start the playoffs on the on May the 12th, on the original date, mm-hmm. while the Canadian division would continue to finish the regular season. Now, this apparently is done in the NBA, which I don't watch right. the NBA that much, but I, I just, I don't like that idea for I don't hockey. either. I don't know. I, I don't see no, how... No, I, I hate that idea. Yeah. So that's... I don't understand why they, they like... Are they that assumes also that everything's going to go hunky dory from here on in with with the all the U.S. teams that none of them are going to get you know have COVID because I I, isn't Dallas dealing with with some issues again? Like there's there's still you know potential for you know teams there also to go through these things. So I mean, I although I know also that I think they're not really talking about it, but I have a feeling that they are also doing serological tests on on players to check for their antibodies. Um, So probably they have an idea of how many players have already actually had it and are sort of, quote unquote, safe and versus, um, you know, how many are still at risk. So my guess is that probably in the American teams, there's a lot more players that have already kind of had it. So maybe there's there's a, a decreasing risk as we go along there potentially because I know that this was this is again baseball, but Bo Bichette actually mentioned that he knows he has uh, antibodies, protective antibodies, but he doesn't he doesn't know when he had COVID because he was asymptomatic. Oh really? Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, but hmm. he never actually had it, but yeah. he has the antibodies, so he knows he's protected and he's not vaccinated. So there's got to be lots of players like this in the yeah. States because the potential for them to be exposed is probably much higher. Yeah. Anyways, it's it's going to wreak havoc like we're talking about with with the way all of these things sort of fan out over the course of these ne- this next couple months. I don't know why they can't just delay it a little bit, but I can see how, you know, the bulk of the players play in the U.S. divisions and you know, it would be unfair to ask them to delay also, I guess. So yeah. I could see uh, that just, part that part of it also. It's always it's anyway, it's always changing. So, so yeah. we don't know. It's just something that they were talking about and um and we'll have to wait and see what happens with the Canucks situation, obviously, yeah. moving moving forward and see what happens so, with them. I just really, really hope that everyone gets better there and no one no one has any real adverse events or any family members who get really, really sick with this. So yeah, yeah. our, our thoughts so, are going out to them. Yeah, def- definitely. Yeah. Um, so getting back to the Leafs and our uh, upcoming games, just uh, I'm looking forward to the Habs. We both picked the Habs, actually. Uh, the, yeah. The two games versus the Habs on April 7th just, and 12th. I haven't seen them forever. Yeah. 
And we want to, it will be fun, even though I am, I mentioned earlier, I am a little bit more worried about them facing them in the playoffs um, Mm -hmm. than other teams, but I think we would still beat them. (laughs) No question about that. I think so. I'm not worried. No, but it'd just be, it'll be a little. The only thing is it's, it all depends on Carey Price, you know? If he if he shows up as good carry price for that during that time, then 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 I might worry a little bit, but yeah. But otherwise I'm not that worried. And I mean, and this is it's I mean, it would be sad too, again, going back to the fact that there will there will be no fans because the last time that there was a Habs Leaf ser- series was nineteen seventy nine. So yeah. I mean, this is like a dream situation if we we're actually to play the Habs in the playoffs. So especially considering that, you know, normally that's it's <laughs> it doesn't normally shake out that way. So no, no, yeah. it doesn't because we all obviously there's Boston and Tampa. Normally we're going mm-hmm. back to next season. We're going back to the regular division format like that. I really hope they reconsider that. But maybe that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they but I mean, generally, we'd have Tampa and Boston with mm-hmm. us and we wouldn't be playing the Habs uh, at all or have that consideration. So those are the two games that I'm looking forward to just to, cause we haven't seen them in a while, like you said, and we need to get ready, ready for the, to, for the playoffs. And I think those are going to be two good games. And then you were Absolutely. also looking for, forward to another game. Yeah. Uh, I think that I'm still kind of looking forward to games against Winnipeg that we have coming up. Um, our next one is April 15th, um, just because I'm, I'm still interested to see if we can continue, uh, the domination and keep, uh, measuring up well against Hellebuck going forward. So, so that's the only other game that I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to in this next stretch. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and that's right after the, uh, the trade deadline. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, so it could be a new look. Yes, too. And for for Winnipeg, too. I was hearing yes. today about them uh, making some moves. But it's getting more fun because we're getting close to the end of the season. And we only have, well, as of Wednesday night, starting Wednesday, we'll have 17 games to go, including Wednesday's game versus the Habs. Um, and then, uh, yeah, also the trade deadline is coming up, which we haven't even talked about, but we're going to save that, um, for a special episode. If Kyle Dubas does make a big move, uh, then we'll have a special bonus episode to cover that. Um, so be sure to follow our podcast and you won't miss any of our episodes. That's right. So also you can find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at LTL1917. And you can follow us there if you don't already. Another way to connect with us is at Kofi.com. That's K-O-F-I.com. You can follow us there and check out our new video intro where you can find out a little bit more about us and how our podcast came to life. If you choose, you can also support our show there and buy us a coffee. Any donation goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better. So find the link to our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. Yeah, and we would also really appreciate it if you could take a bit of time to give our podcast a review on whatever app you use to listen to us. Uh, you can also email us at ladiestalkingleafs at gmail.com. Uh, to give us feedback or ideas for future shows. We're always looking for, looking to hear from you guys. So as always, uh, thank you to our healthcare workers and everything that they do. Uh, stay safe and well, everybody. And 
Go Leafs, go! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.